Join Tim and Christina Madden, co-founders of Executive Career Upgrades on their podcast, The Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. As an executive in today's highly competitive job market, it can be tough to succeed. However, with Tim's nationally recognized career advice and Christina's mindset expertise, you can reach your full potential. Tune in to upgrade your career and get ahead of the competition. All right, all right, we are live. Welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. Christina, episode 92, can you believe that? I was just thinking, what are we going to do for episode 100? And for anybody listening who thinks, well, 92 is not that much, I am pretty sure you don't have a podcast because, guys, this is a production in and of itself. So you're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, you know, I read somewhere there are like 95% of podcasts or something don't make it past like the fifth or the 10th episode or something like that. So, well, thank you for pushing us through 92 episodes, honey. Appreciate it. Hey guys, if you don't know us, we are Tim and Christina Madden. We help professionals in all things career, right? And we have a great topic for you today that can not only elevate your career, but can elevate your team's career as well, because what's our job as leaders, Christina? Oh boy. <laughs> well, make, what, what, what isn't our job? Success, to make su- success what? Easy. And make success easy, man. But the problem is if you don't have the tactics and strategies, how are you going to do it? And how are you going to do it with your team? Right? So, Hey, we go live each week inside the executive career network. Check us out. 11,000 directors, VPs, and executives from across the globe where we network and collaborate with each other. If you're watching in the ECN right now, hey, say hi below in the comments, and we stream to iTunes, Spotify, basically everywhere on the internet. And as always, do us a favor. Hey, if we give you anything valuable today, share this with a friend or leave us a review over on iTunes or Spotify. We appreciate you. And um, hey, uh, yeah, first thing, I know Christina's working on the final be- before we get started. She's working on the final touches to her book. I just want to take one moment and say for anyone who purchased Discipline Equals Dream Job last week on Amazon, I appreciate you so much. And we did it. We did it. It is officially an Amazon bestseller. So I appreciate everyone's support. And hey, I do know, like if you're struggling with something in your career, get that book. Because not only is it full of tactics and strategies, right, to help like land the new position, it talks a little bit about my stories, things I had to overcome. And I know it will absolutely help you in your career. So unless you're at your last job that you're ever going to work at until you retire, definitely pick up a copy of that book, Discipline Equal. Well, and, and, if you, and if you just want to really pick up some new leadership skills and confidence in your new role or that job that you're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, where am I? I lost my notes. Here we go. Cool. Hey, as always, uh, as we get started, if you need help in your career, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast, schedule a free career consultation with one of our executive career advisors. Excellent. Today, Christina, I love this topic, man. Guys, I love talking about job search stuff like interviews, networking, money, comp, negotiation, trends in the market. But what I really love talking about is the stuff that people typically don't talk about, which is typically 10 times more important than all the job search statistics, right? Or, or the how to's. So today, today 
we're talking about resiliency. Okay. So episode 92, executive resilience, right? How to are uh, thriving in a rapidly changing business landscape. Isn't that the truth, man? It's still so crazy, Christina, as we get started. And well, before we do, Luther, I see you. Michael, I see you. Adriana, hey, hope everything's going well. Rajesh, Robert, Mark. Mark, how has Mark been? My man. Man, Mark, it's been a while, man. We need to reconnect. Um, text me or, or hit me up on... Uh, LinkedIn, appreciate you. And then Dr. Ford just got back from the Bahamas and he's going to buy a book as a graduation gift to himself. That is amazing, man. That, that's a good present. Resiliency. Let's talk about what it is real quick, okay? Resiliency, also known as resilience, is the ability, Christina, to bounce back, adapt, and recover from adversity, challenges or stressful stressful situations. I think let's reread that one more time because I think that's pretty important, okay? Resiliency also known as resilience is the ability to bounce back, adapt and recover from adversity, challenges or stressful situation. It refers to an individual's or a system's or business's capacity to withstand, cope with and even thrive in the face of setbacks, change or difficult circumstances. Resilience is not about avoiding the difficulty, but rather about navigating through them in a positive and constructive manner. Man, how many people do you think struggle with that? Mm -hmm. People struggle with setbacks, bouncing back, recovering from adversity, stressful situations, or does that sound just like another typical day in America? <laughs> right? So let's talk about and resilient, being resilient, that's that's a leadership skill. That's the skill. You need this skill in your job. You need to be able to, to you know, master this as a skill set. If this topic, you know, starts to bore you and it's like, oh, gosh, it's Tim and Christina on here talking about mindset again. Just know that you have to have resiliency to really thrive in your role, especially for those of you pursuing a brand new role, yeah. you know, uh, highlighting resilience as a critical leadership trait um, and how it can positively influence decision-making, problem solving and, and team dynamics, you know, in times of uncertainty, like you are the leader. So definitely be, be thinking about that. Are you resilient guys? Yeah. The other thing too, is if you don't think you need this, you are completely mistaken. Because I can think of, right, like a professional athlete, right? Let's say anyone who plays basketball, superstar or not, right? Say you are tasked with, say you got a minute to go and you're down by two, Christina, and you go to shoot that three-point shot. And you're, you're the star player of the game. Okay, You're like the number one guy for an NBA team. And you miss that shot. Okay. And then an opportunity presents itself where there's still 30 seconds left. The reason I'm talking about resiliency is what, well, what happens most of the time when someone misses something that's important? Man, they quit, they give up, they do everything else. But as you know, you look at Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, of course, I'm talking about greats now. They always want the ball, man. 
They always wanted the ball. If they just missed, they wanted the ball again, right? So I would ask, like, how do you approach your career, right? When a project doesn't go right, right, do you just sit blaming on everyone? You know, like, what do you do, right? So these are some of the characteristics that you need to start to develop so you can handle these tough situations, which if you ha haven't encountered extremely tough situations in your career before – they are coming. You probably already had them. And if you already had some very difficult ones, guess what? More are coming that you don't even know of. Characteristics. Got to be able to adapt. You got to have a positive outlook. You got to be able to learn how to control your emotions. You need to develop more critical problem solving skills. You need to have the social support and you need to have flexibility. Okay being open to change and are not easily discouraged by setbacks, right? And what happens too when you get a bunch of low emotional intelligence, low acceptance of responsibility, right? Low resilience. When something goes wrong, what happens with the team? I call Christina, who's also low emotional intelligence, low resilience, right? What are we going to talk about now? How it's everyone else's fault. And then who's Christina? Someone else. I'm going to call someone else. We're just going to, you see what's going to happen? We're just literally lighting forest fires across our team. As opposed to someone saying, hey guys, in hindsight, maybe that wasn't the best direction, but we planned for this. So here are three more courses of action we can take immediately. As opposed to, because if I didn't make that call to Christina and just complain, okay, and then she has the same mindset I do. We're just going to spread complaints to the organization. Anything you want to add there, Christina? This just all goes back to mindset and belief systems as well, too. So, like, if you're, let's say you're the star player, like Tim used that example, um, something that will stop you dead in your tracks is negative thought patterns. Oh my God, I just failed. I missed the shot. Oh my gosh. I'm letting my, I'm letting my team down. Whatever it is that's flying through your brain at lightning speed, um, that has a very intense amount of judgment on yourself. Um, I can almost promise you you're, you're judging others if you're judging yourself as well. And that's when fear, shame, anxiety, when all of that sets in, you're dead in the water. So that would be somebody who really, really lacks resiliency. They're kind of painted a picture of something that somebody that really lacks resiliency is somebody who has no control or no curiosity around how they're thinking about what's happening, the things that, you know, are happening in our external world. So watch your thoughts. I'm getting ready to meet with our clients here in about 45 minutes to tell them the same thing I say every week. What are we thinking about this week? How are you thinking about your success? What are your belief systems? What are your core values? Um, everything that's really important to you is going to, you know, define how resilient you are. So we have to think about these things. And what I loved about the military, uh, Christina, is, you know, it must have been about 10 years ago. They launched a new U.S. Army resiliency program, right? Because they found that. The basic training and everything, right? Like it makes you strong. It allows you to take direction, right? You learn just how to be a military soldier. But obviously it's no, no new news that sometimes people struggle in certain circumstances, right? 
in combat and it's led to mental health and a lot of stuff. So the military said, Hey, how can we, you know, strengthen our force? And they developed a resiliency program, a program focused on promoting the overall well-being and psychological health of soldiers and their families. The program's primary goal was to enhance the resilience of soldiers, helping them cope with the challenges of military life while building their mental and emotional strength. Thank you, U.S. Army. Guys, if you don't know, a lot of people don't know this, lots of corporate America's human resource and training best practices, do you know where they got it from? Take a guess, Christina. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. The U.S. Army. Lots of HR programs, et cetera, were first developed as a way when the army was originally scaling. And this is just an amazing addition um, for more support for people to serve the military. But really, the reason I brought that up is corporations need this, man. So if you were a senior leader right now, hey, we don't sell resiliency anything. Um, you know, we don't have products and services around that, but we need to. Because every organization out there needs to do what? Develop their workforce, right? So if you've never looked into these before, these resiliency type programs, because who doesn't, Christina, want their employees to develop and build their mental and emotional strength? What do you think that would do to production? Regardless of what, you know, regardless of sales, marketing, ops, field guys, technicians, do you think if... They knew how to maybe cope and handle the stressful situations of life, adversity, and they were building some emotional strength that that would not absolutely help their production, whatever it is within the corporation. You know, and everybody wants great people. Everybody wants people on their staff that have this skill set. But yeah, we might consider that there's ongoing, evolving training that needs to happen in this area because people change mission changes, et cetera. Yeah. While we're on the U.S. Army thing, I really wish a lot more corporations would adopt more best practices from the Army, which is basically anytime you take over a new role or you're promoted, you have to go to, <coughs> excuse me, a new school. Every time you are promoted. So think about corporate America. You're a worker. You're a first-line supervisor. You're a supervisor of supervisors, right? You're, you're a senior manager. You're a director, senior director, VPs, right? The problem with corporate America is here's the, the thing, right? As you go up these different ladders, if you will, you don't get any more training, man. So here you are with a crap load more responsibility. You're dealing with stress, right? And you don't have any of these tools that the military provided me while I was growing and developing myself as a leader. So unfortunately, the only thing for you can do that you can do, right, is to get training and development and make it a priority in your life. Because if you're trying to go up to these higher levels, you need to know how to react to the different stuff life throws at you and a blueprint and a strategy to help grow your team to develop their mental strength and their emotional strength. And a lot of that looks like having just a really deep dive into mindset work, self-compassion and self-care as well. And those are buzzwords right now, guys, self-compassion and self-care. You have to be able to take care of your well-being. We always end up going back to taking care of your physical body, right? Your, your spiritual health, your mental health. And, and what does that all really look like? Um, and you have to find what works for you. I can get on here and preach all day about what we believe 
and what we've learned over the last decade um, around self-compassion and self-care, but you have to find what works for you right now. What is something that's going to work for you right now to regulate these emotions, regulate your um, nervous system so you're not in such a fight or flight state? And remember, guys, it's not going to be perfect. So maybe it's going for a walk. You're talking to your therapist. Maybe you need to heal your marriage through better communication. Because if you're ignoring one area of your life or multiple areas of your life, it's going to be very difficult to build a resiliency that feels like it comes natural to you. You want to be able to trust that that resiliency is within you. Go ahead, Tim. This is one of the most important things that you'll learn. Because can we all agree that you're going to go with go through stressful situations throughout the rest of your life? You're going to lose family. You're going to lose friends. You might be in financial distress. You may, you know, have trouble finding a new role, deal with challenges at your current role. Heaven forbid something happens to your children or, you know, what is it, right? So are you prepared for these things that could potentially happen to you in life? Okay. And the good news is this is one of the core abilities that or characteristics, right? That if you develop this, it helps other people too. So not only does developing these skills help you, it allows you to share the same best practices with people that work for you or your family. So why would you not want that, right? Don't you want to go through life not having to deal with stress, not having to worry, not having to worry about these negative items, right? So let's talk about some tactics and strategies. Christina, first, I want you to talk about, uh, I want to skip ahead a little bit when we talk about learning from failures and setbacks. Mm -hmm. And the notes we, we got together were, rather than dwelling on our failure, right? Focus on the lessons that they offer. And by analyzing like what went wrong, we can learn from that experience and how we can improve. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Christina, on like learning from failures and setbacks? Because I know that just freaking knocks people out sometimes. I, I just can't believe it. Like I've never seen someone who's 50 years old, 30 years in their career, successful career, flops an interview because of whatever reason, right? It didn't go well. And they're just like, debilitated. So why do those people like struggle so much? Do they just not have the, the tactics and strat? Like, why is that? It's funny that we're talking about this because when I just went to go walk next door to get us um, breakfast and coffee, I noticed our sign on the wall. It's been there the whole time since we moved into this office and it never really hit me quite this way, but it's, the it's a quote about failure and it says, um, the very temporary space where the most valuable lessons are learned. And I think the problem is we forget just how temporary it is and how temporary it can be. And then there's the negative thought patterns about the thing that is happening. Why do you think people don't make it past episode 50 or whatever with the podcast, with podcasts or whatever that statistic was Tim first shared because um, they lack people lack resiliency. Right. Um, and again, when we talk about judgment of ourselves, I know guys, I don't want to sound like we're going down like a dark place, right? But that can evoke like various emotions and, and, and experiences and the intensity can vary really depending on the individual and the specific situation. But the, the feelings of set when you get into really deep self-judgment, which is where you lack the compassion, you lack the resiliency, you lack emotional intelligence, you lack all that trust, 
you have guilt going on because you've got, you know, perceived wrongdoings. You've made yourself so wrong and bad. We have that from when we were kids, um, when we wanted to make everybody happy. We have shame, which, you know, that can lead to very, very deep feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy. And the reason I'm talking about this is because, you know, we have a large community of clients. I've been on thousands of calls enrolling new clients into career coaching specifically. And so, and I don't like to overgeneralize anyone's experience because every story is so drastically different from the next, but they, they all go back to this. Um, feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy when things aren't going perfectly or these mistakes, you know, are being made. Then we have anxiety that comes from that. Now we're in a um, cycle of low self-esteem. Um, now, now that's when your belief systems start to stem from that. Um, and then we know depression. And for anyone that's listening, that is like, you consider yourself to be very type A, you're like very much a perfectionist. You're very much what you would, people might joke about it and call you a control freak. Listen, these tendencies that we're talking about tend to, um, when you have those tendencies of those personality traits, I can almost promise you, you do not handle, um, quote unquote failure or mistakes very well. And you want this perfect, you want to set this goal and have this perfect journey and this perfect path to success. And it just, I'm so sorry. It just, it will never look like that. And that's probably uh, my, my new book. Well, now I don't want to say the title cause I can't have you guys running off to Amazon yet, but, um, the, the big spoiler spoiler alert is that the journey doesn't look this way. Like there is no world where we're living without fear. There is no world where we have to live without failure. That does not exist. And again, that's why we have to develop resiliency so we can enjoy the ride. And like when we're in failure, like we're cool with it. Like, can you guys picture, a, 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 can you picture how much more awesome things could be if you were at peace in these Lumps, or like if you trusted yourself enough to make good decisions and trusted yourself enough to enjoy life regardless of things that happen, right? Um, now, once we get through all that, you might be somebody who avoids things or isolate yourself and you're not getting the support you need. You don't have the community that you need. And, and this is just the nasty, that's, this is all just the beginning, okay? Because you could lose days to this, weeks, months, God forbid, years decades until you are looking back over 10 years and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And two things you said too, Christina, when you said like control freak, it's kind of weird. I love words and I love like how words kind of change meaning depending on where you're at in your life. Right. Cause when a lot of people say control freak, we think of like someone completely unrealistic, right? who needs to micromanage like everything, right? But honestly, when I see that, when I see like control freak, I put on my notes that equals someone who cares, right? Like you should be a control freak about your life. You should care what happens, right? And a lot of people that think you might be a control freak well, it's safe to say that maybe they just don't care how their life is kind of turning out, which is very sad. Another thing you said too, Christina, was trust yourself, right? And one of the things I got from that is you, you basically said, hey, you got to trust yourself. You got to trust yourself. The problem is 
most people don't. Which is why it takes them weeks to make a decision about something simple, right? Or they're second guessing themselves all the time. And as we've stated multiple times, if you have problems sometimes trusting yourself, and here's trusting myself. Hey, today at this time, me and you are going to go do that. Got it? It's on the books. We're going, etc. Why would you not go, right? And I know it's simple, right? But I'm literally saying, like, when you plan something, you have to do it. Because if you just keep canceling stuff all the time, you're basically telling yourself it's okay to back out of things that you said you wanted to do, but like now things changed. And the point that I'm getting to is you can't have self-confidence if you can't keep promises to yourself. And it could just be the stupidest promises ever. Well, there's no Well, Well, what some people think. Yes, Christina, I will make sure the trash is always out during trash day. I promise. Maybe well, let, me, let me ask you this. So I, yeah. I, I totally agree with what you're saying about being a control freak about your life. In fact, let me ask you this. Have you ever met somebody more of a control freak type identity than me? No. Like, it's crazy, guys. Like, I totally identify with this control freak nature. The, the thing that separates me from somebody... And this isn't recent. This is recent, like last five years that I've actually taken a deeper look at this, where the suffering starts, where the suffering begins in that control freak personality is when you begin trying to control things you can't control or when the thing has already happened, then you have negative thoughts about it because you want to just quickly fix or grasp or change or whatever. But it's that moment, like the basketball shot, it's gone. Okay. So the control freak is going to, is just going to beat themselves up. And listen, guys, I'm, I'm using these terms loosely when I mention, and I just want to clarify the perfectionist, the control freak, only because these are words used to describe personality types that suffer because they're in such deep judgment about themselves that they don't allow failure to happen naturally. They can't bounce back from failure. Yes. Control the things you can control. That's that's where all the all of your success lies. But you just watch the suffering that starts when you try to control things that you can't control. And to do this, if you're wondering, because everyone wonders, right? This is something I finally realized is if you're wondering, man, yeah, Christina, but how, how do I do all this, right? How do I get better at resilience? Hey, you, I know it's important. I know I have to do it. I want to be able to deal with this stressful situation, but I just, I just don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you so you don't have to leave this podcast confused, okay? The good news is this. Stop asking how, 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 and start asking what's the first step to getting started, okay? So remove like how, uh, remove all that, and anytime you're approaching something new in your life, Start asking yourself, hey, what's the first step to getting started? Here's the first step to getting started with building more resiliency inside you so that it can spread to your family and the people that you manage at work. Okay. You need to embrace a growth mindset. Now, let's talk about this for a sec. By cultivating a growth mindset, which involves believing that your abilities and intelligence can be developed with effort and learning. Do you guys agree with that? right? Do you think that your abilities and intelligence can be developed with effort and learning? Absolutely. Okay. So you have to embrace challenges, seeing failures and and opportunities as a chance to learn. 
and persistently improving will make you more resilient in the face of setbacks. So number one, the first step is you have to realize that if I'm feeling some type of way, if things aren't going the way I want them to in my life, for whatever reason, you have to be sold on there is knowledge out there that can be developed with effort and learning. Welcome to step one. <laughs> if you don't believe that, do not move past step one. Because I feel like a lot of people want to do stuff, you know, look for like an easy way to do it, Christina. Is there an easy way to develop a positive mindset, Christina? Or does it just wake up one day and it's developed? <laughs> well, I save you a lot of trouble here. And just let you know, I tried all the easy ways, <laughs> which was basically do nothing and wait for it to knock on my front door, which didn't happen. So to answer your question, absolutely not. It requires some some self-awareness and some, intentional, some, some intentionality. But... I also want to make it very, very clear to anyone that feels overwhelmed when we say this, that like, okay, this is not easy to do. This happens over a long period of time. This is where I don't want you to get into the perfectionism thing. And you just understand that like, there's no finish line. Like there's nowhere you have to rush and be with this positive mindset right now. Okay. You have to begin small and watch your thoughts. Your perception is your reality that is very much true i think they say that in the army a lot right perception is reality i can just hear yeah, i don't know why um so say hey like today i promised myself that i'm going to notice my thoughts and just begin noticing and i can almost promise what's going to happen is you're going to be like holy cow i'm thinking all kinds of crappy thoughts i'm thinking all kinds of stuff that's like not even true and so just by begin noticing what's floating around in your mind, it gives you the opportunity to start plugging in some things that actually do serve you and that do make you happy. Um, sorry about that Slack notification. Okay. But no, it's not easy. It takes time, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And it can be a fun, not always fun, but it can be a fun experience to, to start working on your mindset. So number one, know that you can improve it. Know that anything in life is developed, right? And to develop it, we typically need some type of a very simple plan and we just need to execute on it, okay? That's how anything is done in life. And remember, if you've been tuning into the podcast for a while, I always say this, anytime, anytime you start something new at life, guess what? You're going to suck. Anytime you play a new video game with your son and he's been playing that game for three years, you are getting killed in Call of Duty, right? It's not going to be fun. But just know that like anytime you start anything with fitness, anything with self-development, leadership, etc., okay, that you're typically not going to be good at it. That's okay. That's Isn't that why you're developing your, your skill, right? So number two, after you know it's been developed, it can be developed with learning and action, you have to... Number two, start practicing self-awareness. Now, let's talk about this for a few minutes, okay? You have to understand your emotions, triggers, and what stresses you out because it's different for everyone. Being self-aware will help you manage your reactions and emotions during difficult situations, enabling you to respond more thoughtfully than impulsively. So with that being said, exercise for you. Today, for the next 24 hours, write stuff down 
If you're feeling some type of way, why do I feel happy right now? Why do I feel sad right now? Why do I feel stressed out right now? Why do I feel this way right now? The problem is you guys and gals never take the time to write stuff down. Everyone loves analytics, right? We love studies. We love that 83% of people do this. And if you do this, you have an X percent chance of doing this. So we all love analytics, right? And we thrive on them in business. But we don't take analytics for, of ourselves. Okay? We don't know how often we're happy or mad or stressed out or anything. These are just emotions that come and go. And sometimes you don't even know what's causing it. So, so in other words, in other words, use the emotional state that you're in as a radar. Okay. Cause again, the thoughts are moving at lightning speed. You, you just, you can't get you. There's no way unless you're like a monk somewhere dedicated to your thoughts. But like if you land yourself in a sad place or an anxious place, give yourself a moment and say, well, no, what? real quick, Christina, even the happy stuff, we need to know what like non-happiness feels like and what caused it and what happiness is too. A lot of people just focus on like, Oh, I'm feeling this way. Cause I'm stressed. Let's dive into that. And potentially not the reasons why I'm happy right now. You know, sorry for interrupting you, but I want to make sure that we capture that too. And they know that, you know? Absolutely. And I, I definitely was going to highlight that. So it, what happens is here that you can begin to gather evidence of what's working and what's not in your life. What got me here? And normally it's what you're thinking about a circumstance. Let me just give you the same example I give everybody when I talk to them. If you're on here again, you're probably like, oh, here she goes. But like, okay, I lost my job. Okay, it's a circumstance. Or I'm in a job search. Or I'm unemployed. Like one of those things. If your immediate thought, and you know what it is, plug it in for yourself right now. If it's, I failed. I'm not good enough. I don't think I'm going to get another job. What emotional state's going to come from that? Something really yucky. And then no good, no, no good actions can come from that. Right. So it's like, okay, let me think about this a little differently. I'm on the podcast. Tim says I can learn some really cool stuff and, and target amazing companies. Or um, I dodged a bullet that works for a lot of people. I dodged a bullet. I'm, I'm open to new possibilities, just slight changes. And they don't have to go from extremely negative to extremely positive in order for this to work. Just something to get you back to neutral, good emotion. The circumstance could be, I won that winning shot at that basketball game. Wow. Like there's nothing that's made me ever more happy than that. So how can I do more of that? Or um, like yesterday, I was in this like really, really happy place at the very end of our day after we put um, our son to bed. And I was kind of thinking like, why do I feel this, feel this, like, feel this good? And it's because I took the time I was like singing to him in the bathtub and I was sitting out on the front porch with him. We were having book time, quality time. And it was the way that I was thinking about motherhood. And then I was like, wow, you know, as he gets older, I'm really enjoying motherhood. Now this is where it really gets interesting. <laughs> and then I'm going to stop ranting about this. I had this thought that was like, I'm really enjoying motherhood. And because, because of all the craziness that I've experienced with motherhood. In fact, I probably talked about that in some of my book, my brain was like, Oh, you can't think great about that in, in this situation. Normally, motherhood can bring you stress, anxiety, overwhelm, trying to balance everything in your life. But that's what my brain went, no way. You can't think positively about that. And you can just reframe it yourself. But if you're thinking, I enjoy quality time with my son. I enjoy motherhood. I'm having fun. 
I enjoy my life. I deserve happiness. I, you know, um, I'm worthy of happiness. I'm worthiness of the life I've created for myself. These thoughts fuel your emotional state and determine whether you're happy or sad. And I know you want more happiness and we can't rely on the circumstance necessarily. So but there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this as you see unpacking now, right? So the best advice is just take it slow. Know that you can change, but know that it takes knowledge and action. Number two, start being more self-aware with how you feel. So many people come to us on the team that we're performing well, and for some reason they're not now, right? And they, you know, we, we coach and mentor them. And most of the time we just say, okay, well, things were going well last month. What was going on in your life during then? Oh, all these things. Okay, well, now things are bad. What's going on in your life right now? Lots of turmoil. Well, I think we may have found the problem, right? So you got to be self-aware. So you should definitely write down one more time your emotions, triggers, and stresses and happiness-related moments so you can understand why you felt happy, why you felt sad, and you can start to understand yourself a little more, okay? Next, while Christina provided many good tactics and strategies, this work-life balance, which is different for everyone, you have to find yours, is very important too. And basically what it means is this, just like Christina was saying earlier, if your work's going well, but your relationship with your spouse isn't or significant other, or maybe your kid's not doing well, or maybe you're not doing, you know, all of these different areas in life. What I know is this, if work is going well and other areas in your life are not, then work is about to not be going well. If work's not going well and everything in your life is on the up and up, guess what? That will bleed over and those things will not be well. So really it's determining how can I put an emphasis on improving myself each day through eating the right foods, moving my body a little bit? How can I work on the relationship with my significant other and family? How can I do my business thing? And how can I help out in the community? These are areas that you need to have in your life that all need to be operating at a certain level for you to feel good. Because just like Christina stated earlier, if one area is lacking, what happens, Christina? You, I, I personally believe that to experience true happiness, you have to have every facet of your life, every area, every facet of your life, th th you know, thriving. So I'm not exactly sure what you were asking me, but if you're ignoring one area of your life, you're going to experience unhappiness or lack of fulfillment or disconnection from your purpose, really. And the and last thing. If we don't develop this and understand how to navigate some of these smaller challenges in our life, what happens when the big ones come? That's the problem. The big, scary things are going to wipe you out, completely mm -hmm. wipe you out. And if any of what I'm saying is resonating with you, I'm going to shamelessly plug my Instagram here, Coach Christina Madden. It's spelled K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. Um, that's my Instagram handle. Also, it's Coach Tim Madden. You probably can't miss that. And our um, executive career upgrades Instagram. Listen, every day we push out mindset tips, uh, life hacks, quick you know nuggets that you can put in place, and it also serves as a great as a great reminder. So, get that in your algorithm. Last thing, take care of yourself, man. Prioritize self care. You know, recently I was talking to Christina, and for the longest time I didn't know how much this actually affected me. But you know, in the military, I got lack of sleep for a long time. While I was still in with Christina, leaving for 
30 days to Croatia or somewhere else, right? Getting like minimal sleep in very optimal weather conditions, if you know what I mean, right? <laughs> but recently, I started to make sure, hey, I can't be staying up all night working or doing whatever I'm doing at night. I need to prioritize some sleep. And Christina's always with me saying, you know, what else do you tell me? Prioritize sleep. Limiting the technology at night. If you're limiting technology at night, right? All these different, you know, make sure you're drinking enough water. Oh yeah. No, I was going to say like getting a massage every once in a while, taking a hot bath with some salt or something. Like when's the last time you just said, Hey, I'm going to dedicate this hour to myself, man. Right. And for anybody that can actually move their body, I'm sorry, but there is no excuse for you to not have some kind of movement. Think about the people who can't move their body. Like, listen, move your body. I don't care if it's only for two minutes, just walking down your driveway and back and getting some fresh air. There's no excuse. You have to move your body, period, period. Celebrate successes, man. Celebrate successes, acknowledge and celebrate your achievements along the way and those of your team. And by recognizing successes from yourself or your team, it just boosts morale and reinforces a more positive outlook. So make sure you're doing that. Hey, we hope these, some of these tips help in relation to resiliency because it's the, one of the biggest traits that will serve you in every area of your life especially at the high levels of your career when potentially decisions you're, you make could impact hundreds, thousands, or tens of thousands of people, right? And you need to be prepared and equipped to be able to handle that. Christina, any final comments? You know, as it just, as it relates to your job search specifically and, you know, a business landscape, just remember that resiliency is going to allow you to, with a positive and happy mind, really explore current trends again, right? Challenges, disruptions in the business landscape that impact organizations and leaders. Um, and this might include technological advancement, global competition, um, and changing just even consumer behaviors, et cetera. Like, so again, just bringing this full circle, this is a leadership skill. This is a life skill and you need it. So that's my closing comment. If you also want to get started following our very simple practical tips, two books I recommend for you. One is The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Great book to get started on understanding your thoughts and having more positive outlook. I personally have read that book at least 10 times. The other book is Discipline Equals Freedom, talking about how much just having, you know, a disciplined mind will serve you in life by my man, Jocko Willink, the former ex-Navy SEAL. Two phenomenal books to get you started that will absolutely help you with some discipline, some motivation, and some practical tactics and strategy. As always, though, if you need help in your career, right? If you need help finding that next position, right? Living up to your potential, whatever you think it might be, right? Which is probably a lot more than you think it might be. Go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. Until next week, have a great day, everyone.